Hi, it's Dwyer. DwyerCrime.blog, also always1776.com. Today is August 16th, 2022. Let's talk about a very well-known case that I have problems with. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Let's talk about the murder of Marilyn Shepard. You might know the name of her husband, Dr. Sam Shepard. It is July the 3rd, 1954. Marilyn Shepard and her neighbor a few houses down, Mrs. Ahern, agree to have cocktails with their husbands at 6 o'clock at the Ahern residence. And then they agree to have dinner at 8 p.m. at the Shepherd residence. The address of the Shepherd residence is 28924 Lake Road in Bay Village, Ohio. Right? This is the wealthy part of town. Right? What we consider the front door of the Shepherd residence overlooks the water. Right? Close family friend Otto Graham lives nearby. Right? He's the pro football player who would end up in the Hall of Fame. So, of course, at 6 o'clock, the Shepherds get together with the Aherns and have cocktails. At 8 o'clock, the couples get their kids together and have dinner, right? The Aherns, two young children, and the shepherd's young son, who's about six or seven years old, right? They have dinner together. Dinner ends around 10 p.m. The adults go to the living room and watch a movie on TV. Mr. Ahern is listening to the Cleveland Indians baseball game. Dr. Shepard, sometime after 10, then lays on a couch that was up against the outside wall of the staircase. You've heard this couch referred to as a daybed, right? He ultimately falls asleep. At 10.30, Mr. Ahern takes his children home and then returns. Mrs. Shepard puts her son, Chip, to bed. At midnight, or a little bit after midnight, the Aherns leave, right? The lights are on, both the first and second floor, when the Aherns leave the Shepherds. Now, at about 5.45 a.m., Mayor Spencer Hoke receives a call from Sam Shepard saying that something has happened to Marilyn. The mayor and his wife. And let's pause here for a moment. It's the theory of F. Lee Bailey the attorney who handled the retrial of Sam Shepard. 
that the mayor's wife is the actual killer. Right? That's who F. Lee Bailey believes killed Marilyn Shepard. The theory is that Mayor Spencer Hoke was having an affair with Marilyn Shepard, who is pregnant. Right? And that the mayor's jealous wife killed Marilyn Shepard. Just be aware of that as we continue. Well, just understand that the mayor and his wife, when they arrive, find Shepard in a den, naked from the waist up. He has a facial bruise. He complains of having a neck injury. The wife goes upstairs. She finds Marilyn Shepard in her twin bed, dead, right? The body is positioned as if she had been sexually assaulted. Her pajamas are off one leg. Her breasts are exposed. It is very bloody. There's blood on the bed. There's blood on the pillow. Mayor Hope calls the cops. Now, Shepard tells the cops that he wakes up on the daybed, right on the first floor, and hears moaning coming from upstairs. He then goes upstairs to the bedroom where he is clobbered. He is hit by someone. He wakes up on the floor. He checks on his wife. He believes she's dead. He checks on his son. He hears noises coming from downstairs. Understand, the bedroom's on the second floor. He goes downstairs, and he sees a form going across the porch on the lakeside of the house, which is the front of the house. He follows the form down the steps to the beach, where he is knocked unconscious again. He comes to, goes back in the house, Right? According to the cops, there is no evidence of breaking in or forcible entry into the house that night. The prosecution believed that Marilyn Shepard died between 3 and 4 a.m. on the morning of July 4th, Independence Day here in the United States. Now, the cops noticed that Shepard's black medical bag was at the end of the hallway. In the den, they noticed that there were two broken trophies. One was a high school track trophy for Sam. The other was a bowling trophy for Marilyn. Right? Sam's desk drawers were open, looked like they were gone through. Now the closet door of the bedroom, not the bedroom door, but the closet door of the bedroom in which Marilyn 
dies has a blood spot on it right it's a bloody scene there's a blood spot on the closet door that was type O Marilyn's blood type was type A her husband Sam's blood type was type A understand someone who crime watchers feel was the actual killer window cleaner Richard Eberling who later gets convicted for the murder of someone else and who was also later found in possession of a ring of Marilyn's that he claims he stole from her brother's residence Right, Eberling was hired his company by the shepherds to clean their windows. Just understand, Richard Eberling's blood type is type A. If you believe that the blood spot found on the closet door is the blood type of the killer, Richard Eberling could not have done the crime. Understand, too, in 1959, he takes and passes a lie detector test. Let's go one step further. Sam Shepard scuffles with the bushy-haired intruder. Right? Understand, Sam did not know whether the bushy-haired intruder was male or female. Right? Sam scuffles with the bushy-haired intruder twice, most notably down on the beach. Right? Understand that Richard Eberling testified at the 1966 trial. Right? Sam had F. Lee Bailey with him. Someone who later in his career was widely viewed as one of the best criminal defense lawyers in the country. Understand that attorney-client communications are supposed to be privileged. Eberling testifies at the 66 trial. Sam does not jump up and say, that's the man I wrestled with on the beach. Sam does not have his attorney, F. Lee Bailey, question Eberling and say, aren't you the man who wrestled with my client on the beach? Right, folks, no such accusation is made by Shepard or by F. Lee Bailey. Rather, Bailey, of course, believes somebody else did the murder. Right? Just understand with regard to Eberling, as bad as he was in the rest of his life, the blood type doesn't match. And Sam Shepard himself doesn't accuse Eberling of being the man who he wrestles with on the beach or who knocks him out in the bedroom. Well, Understand how contentious things get here in the case. This is what 
Crime Watchers debate. There are numerous pieces of contested evidence. There were specks of blood on Sam's watch. Right? The claim is that they were from flying blood, not passive transfer, which would implicate Sam in killing his wife. Right? That, of course, is hotly disputed. You have the defense with an expert claiming that, yes, there's blood, but the blood wasn't from flying blood. The blood may have gotten on Sam's watch when Sam was checking on his wife's condition. Let's ask another question that needs to be asked. What happened to Sam's shirt? Right, when he's found, he's not wearing a shirt. Where is that shirt? We know the bedroom is bloody. What did Sam do with his shirt? Right, understand too, that there's the entire issue of F. Lee Bailey's accusation that the mayor's wife killed Marilyn Shepard. Right, there was a witness who was allowed to testify that he saw Marilyn Shepard with an older looking distinguished man. Apparently, Marilyn Shepard was friends with the mayor, right? Depending on who you believe, there's an open question on whether it's just a friendship, right? Also, one needs to ask, why did the mayor's wife burn clothing the morning that Marilyn was killed, right? F. Lee Bailey, of course, wants you to believe that the clothing was burned to hide evidence. Right? Just understand the timing is peculiar. Now, I believe the truth is apparent here. Right? I understand. If you get into the weeds and you start talking about blood type, blood spatter, affairs, right? If you start thinking about the fact that Sam himself was having an affair, right? There are accusations that Marilyn might have been. We know she's pregnant. Understand she's older, a little bit older than Sam. When Sam's a senior in high school, she's in Skidmore College as a freshman Sam, of course, had a brother named Steve. At one point, Marilyn was dating Steve. Right? The situation with this family is confusing. It has distracted a lot of people. Of course, there's the 1954 trial where Sam's found guilty. There's the 66 trial where he's found not guilty. So let's look at this because it bothers me. Let's look at this differently. Let's ask a basic question. Does Sam's version make sense? So, let's pivot here. 
you are the bushy-haired intruder. Now again, keep in mind that Sam could not say whether the form he saw, whether the person he wrestles with on the beach was male or female. So you're the bushy-haired intruder. What is your motive in entering the shepherd house in the early morning hours of July the 4th? What's your motive? Since it is a holiday, one would expect that everyone, man, wife, child, would be at home at the time of the intrusion. Now, if the motive is a burglary, what are you hoping to take? It couldn't be the high school track trophy that Sam Shepard received or his wife's bowling trophy. Right? Wouldn't those trophies have the names of the winners on them? Right? I mean, what's the point in having a bowling trophy when you weren't in that bowling league? When you weren't the one who actually won the award? Now, let's go further. Is the silverware on the first floor not enough? Right? You're the bushy-haired intruder. You're planning out whatever it is you're planning out. If it's a burglary, given that there's a bedroom on the second floor, if you get in on the first floor, aren't there things of value that you might be able to quickly take if your motive is to take valuable things? So is the silverware on the first floor not enough? Is the TV on the first floor not enough? What would have you going up to the second floor? Now, if your motive is sexual assault or rape, how would you expect to pull that off? with her six-foot-tall husband presumably in the bedroom with her. Right? You're planning this out. It takes some planning to decide to enter somebody else's home in the morning hours of July 4th, Independence Day. Right? Now, be aware of the fact that Dr. Sam Shepard played football played basketball, ran track, right? The trophy that's ruined in the house is a track trophy, right? He did all of that at Cleveland Heights High School. He was an athlete, right? Understand, too, he's 30 years old, right? He's an athlete in his prime. So the idea of entering the house to sexually assault pregnant Marilyn Shepard 
when her athlete husband is in the house. Seems a bit far-fetched. Doesn't sound like the best plan. Okay, so your plans are not the best. You might not even have considered whether the family owns a gun. But let's say you enter the house anyway. How do you do it? When there is no sign of breaking and entering. How do you get in the house? Now let's say you somehow got in on the first floor, right? What would it take for you to abort your plan? What would you have to see in the house to back out? What would convince you upon entering the house that whatever plan you had is not going to work or that it's now far riskier than you thought it would be? How about seeing Sam Shepard sleeping on the sofa? Is the burglary or rape of a pregnant woman worth the risk at that point? Wouldn't the last thing you'd want to do is to try to use the staircase that saves a wall with the daybed slash sofa that Sam is sleeping on? Right? Don't you want to keep Sam asleep? If you're fortunate enough to have made it into the house without being noticed and you see high school athlete Sam Shepard sleeping on the daybed in the living room, wouldn't you abort whatever you have planned at that time? Because if he hears a footstep and you wake him up, aren't there going to be problems? Isn't he going to be, at that point, a man defending his family? If you make it upstairs and you attack Marilyn, why would you take the time to stage the body? According to reports, she's not sexually assaulted. F. Lee Bailey himself believes the body is staged, right? I encourage you to Google Sam Shepard case closed. It's an excellent video where F. Lee Bailey is interviewed and he talks about his theory on the case. He believes this is Shepard's successful appellate and second trial attorney. He believes the body is staged. If you've gotten by Sam Shepard, if you've left him asleep on the first floor and you make it up to the bedroom on the second floor and you kill Marilyn Shepard, why would you take the time to stage the body? Now, since you know Sam is downstairs, when do you double back to smash his high school track trophy 
and to go through his desk. Let me tell you, one wonders what the bushy-haired intruder hoped to find in Sam's desk. It seems to me that the silverware downstairs has a better chance of being valuable than whatever is in Sam's desk. Now, let's just say that I don't believe Sam's story passes the smell test. I have a problem with it. Right? Let's talk about a few other things before we get into the inherent problems. Let's say Sam catches up to you in Marilyn's bedroom. How do you quickly knock out this athlete with the bedroom door open without waking up Shepard's son nearby? How does that happen? I assume when Sam runs upstairs, gets into the bedroom, I assume he's not going to close the door behind him. Here he has a bushy-haired intruder. His wife is bloodied. Let's say he is figuring out the scene as he goes along. Right, folks, that door would be open, wouldn't it? You run upstairs, you then enter the bedroom, there's some intruder, your wife is bloody, there's blood all around. Folks, where is the sign of a struggle? Open door, the sun is sleeping a few doors down. Wouldn't the sun hear the struggle? How are there no witnesses? How does Sam run in the room and then get quickly knocked out? Now, since you're the intruder, since you have already bludgeoned Sam's wife, killed her, right? Very bloody scene. Why do you leave Sam alive? He's unconscious. Whatever you use to kill Sam's wife, and I understand, there's a missing lamp from the bedroom. Whatever you use to kill Sam's wife, why don't you also use it to bludgeon Sam? Why would you, under any circumstance, leave Sam alive? You're already a wanton killer, right? You're already a murderer. You just murdered Marilyn Shepard. Here's her husband, who's brave enough to run up on you. Why would you leave him alive? You've knocked him out. Why not finish the job? You don't. So you go downstairs. Let me ask an obvious question. At this point, since you've been confronted with the victim's husband, don't you get out of the house as quickly as possible. If you make it from the upstairs after encountering Sam Shepard, isn't your next move the front door? Aren't you dropping 
whatever loot you've accumulated? Aren't you leaving that in the house because you want to get away, right? You don't want to be carrying a bag of stuff. You don't want to be carrying anything that's going to weigh you down after you've encountered your victim's husband upstairs and you're fortunate enough to get away. Well, Sam's version of events is that he checks his wife. After coming to, right, he's out cold. He comes to. He checks his wife. He then goes and checks his son. By this point, shouldn't the bushy-haired intruder be long gone? Right, Sam's looking for vitals on his wife. Sam opens the door. Sam looks at his kid. Now, understand his wife bludgeoned in bed. Sam looking at his six- or seven-year-old son would require him entering the room to make sure the son hasn't been bludgeoned in bed. Right? Then Sam hears noise from downstairs. What is the intruder still doing in the house? Right? What is so valuable in Sam's house at this point that the intruder would still be in the house? Well, Sam then goes downstairs and sees the form on the porch. Right? Yet Sam is able to catch up with the intruder. What? You, the bushy-haired intruder, don't have a getaway car? What are you doing walking down steps to walk by the beach? That couldn't have been the plan that you had to carry away the loot you were taking from Sam's place, was it? Understand, if Sam were thinking clearly, if he ran out and you ran down by the beach, wouldn't he look to see if you're driving any kind of vehicle? Right At that point, wouldn't you want to get the license plate number on the vehicle or at least a good look at whatever vehicle the bad person's driving? Right No, Sam follows the bushy-haired intruder down to the beach where he gets knocked out again. Who is this bushy-haired intruder? Clarissa Shields? Mike Tyson? Alexander Usyk? How is Sam high school athlete getting dropped with such regularity. Let's ask another question. Does the bushy-haired intruder have the loot that they broke into Sam's place to get? Or did the bushy-haired intruder drop the bag of loot off someplace, abandon it, as they try to move away from Sam. What exactly was missing from Sam's house? And where is the loot? Was it left or was it taken by the bushy-haired intruder? If the bushy-haired intruder 
has a bag over his shoulder like Santa Claus, how's he able to drop the bag and then drop Sam Shepard a second time, right? Because Sam claims he then comes to on the beach, right? Without killing him and then get away without a getaway car. Right, folks, it sounds to me like Shepard, a former football player, didn't know how to tackle. How could a former football player not be able to go low and knock this bushy-haired intruder off his or her feet? Isn't that troubling? Aren't you also concerned that Shepard, who has two encounters with this bushy-haired intruder in a case that becomes a high-profile case, is unable to identify the bushy-haired intruder. Right? So let's talk about Sam Shepard here. I don't believe him. What I believe is that this individual was deeply disturbed. Right. Let me just say this. There's an interview online on YouTube where F. Lee Bailey, I believe it's the Sam Shepard case closed video, where F. Lee Bailey talks about how at the second trial, he didn't want to put his client on the stand, in part because he sensed that his client, a doctor, was drinking too much. And he also sensed, but didn't have proof, that his client was popping pills. Now, let's say that Sam Shepard came to grips with the fact that his wife was killed. Right? Let's give Sam the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe he deserves it. But hypothetically, for purposes of this video alone, let's assume that Sam Shepard, by 1966, had come to grips with the fact that his wife and his lost son, right, his wife is pregnant with a male embryo, right, was brutally murdered. Let's say in his mind he just feels, okay, well, that was a terrible occurrence, could have happened to any family, right? Let's say that she was taken away from him. I need for people to understand that when Sam gets out of prison after that second trial, he commits medical malpractice and actually kills a patient. This is in the 1960s. So even if Sam had come to grips with his wife's murder. Let's say he's innocent, uh, she's murdered, it's some bushy-haired intruder, and, um, you know, he's not responsible, so that helps him get past the tragedy, right? How could he not feel responsible for the killing of a patient that he operated on? Right? He severs an artery that should not have been severed. The patient bleeds out. Now understand, after killing this patient, 
Sam then becomes a professional wrestler. And he starts calling himself Killer Shepherd. Right, folks? You know, if you lose your wife to a bloody murder, I don't know how you call yourself Killer Shepherd. You add in the fact that he actually killed a patient, right? Medical malpractice is professional negligence. Did not intend to kill the patient, but the patient died. But yet he still, shortly thereafter, decides to call himself Killer Shepherd. Let me say this too. If you go through the numbers, unfortunately, women who are pregnant are at risk, heightened risk, of domestic violence from their partners versus when they're not pregnant, right? Somehow that pregnancy is a flashpoint that leads to sometimes awful behavior like in this case involving Sam Shepard, right? Now, I'm not accusing Shepard's wife of any kind of infidelity. What I do believe happened, especially given that Shepard was drinking with this other family uh, on July 3rd, then, of course, he dozes off on the daybed while his guests are still in the house. I believe Shepard had a drinking problem, even then, right? I believe Shepard's drinking problem may have led to some delusions. So he's with a woman who's slightly older than him that he met when the woman was dating his brother Steve, who's also a doctor, right? Dad's also a doctor, too. Who knows where Sam's imagination took him? Keep in mind, Shepard is privately having an affair himself. Maybe he then, feeling guilty over his affair, starts to transfer those thoughts over to his wife, right? He feels he's up to no good. Maybe he starts having a delusion that his wife's pregnancy might involve another man's baby. This is just random speculation. The point is simply to argue here that Sam Shepard is delusional. Right, Sam Shepard, anyone who calls himself Killer Shepard after his wife is murdered and after he kills a patient has serious issues. Right, let me also point out too that it's striking, absolutely striking, that Shepard comes up with these claims that, in my opinion, are fanciful and that we are giving them the serious consideration that society has simply because he has a medical degree. Let me say this too. I understand his son, Reese, firmly believes in his father's innocence. In the real world, I'm a divorce attorney. Right? I can just tell you from experience, six and seven-year-olds really don't know what's going on 
in their parents' relationship. Right? We were all, those of us who are older, we were all six or seven once. Right? I would say that parents can put on an excellent front and the kid not realize the dysfunction in the background. The kid not having experience with alcohol and not realizing that dad's drinking is excessive. That dad's lifestyle is excessive. Right? I don't believe, Sam, I believe, quite frankly, that Sam is lying. You really have to stretch things to believe that Sam gets knocked out twice in a matter of hours, right? Knocked out twice in a matter of hours, loses his shirt and has nothing to do with his wife's murder in a case involving no evidence of breaking and entering. Right? Sadly, this case involves other victims. His son, of course, is still trying to prove dad's innocence. The jury in that case did not buy the son's version of events. Right? You have a whole other group trying to link the window washer with this crime. Right? Folks, it's July 4th. I believe it would take a very special person to decide to break into a third party's house on July 4th and then to decide to proceed with the crime while the man of the house is asleep in the living room. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. If there are any facts, if there are any theories that you feel need to be explored further and you want to raise with subscribers here on YouTube, please feel free to do so in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.